Hello and welcome to the very first Forever Young podcast. I'm Jim Kerwin, the director of the Forever Young Club, and I'm absolutely delighted to introduce somebody who's actually a really good friend of mine at this stage, Ivor Commons, a.k.a. the Fat Emperor. Now, Ivor is also the Chief Programme Officer for the Irish Heart Disease Awareness Organisation, an organisation created by David Bobbitt. He speaks all over the world, so he is truly an international speaker. Uh, He speaks about the root causes of modern diseases, and in my view, he's making an amazing contribution to world health. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ivor Cummins. Hey, thanks a lot, Jim, and it's great to be here. That's a lovely introduction. Well, it's well-deserved in my view. So, look, let's get straight into this. And I'm, I'm always intrigued about how people get to where they are. And I know you spent a career in Hewlett-Packard. So tell us about that, but zoning in on how it prepared you for what you're now doing. Right. Well, I started in a medical device company uh, five or six years in that business world and then Hewlett Packard for 21 years. So really the key thing is I have an extremely technical bent I always, since I was a child. Mm. So when I did my biochemical engineering in UCD and then got into industry, very quickly I began to lead teams and other people in problem solving activity. So complex problem solving. And over the decades in Hewlett Packard, I rose higher and higher in the organization until I became a master technologist, which is kind of a senior management level Mm -hmm. technical leader. Mm -hmm. And I would have been using all the way through the decades, things like Kepner Trago, statistical inference, and I won't go through all the tools, but all of the tools of solving complex problems. Uh, And with great success and uh, I, I progressed a lot in my career based on that. Did you learn most Mm. of those skills at college or in in Hewlett-Packard, a bit of both? And you must have been pretty good at managing teams to take on these responsible positions. So, like, was that an additional skill, an extra skill that you you learned as you went along or did did it come naturally? Well, yeah, not so much college. College gives you the raw data and the raw tools, but no, it's during your career uh, over many years that you develop the skills Mm. and and enhance your talents. So I actually, for the last 10 or 15 years, was most of the time in a people management role, so managing large teams up to over 20 engineers. So I was doing all that as well, uh, as well as stepping out when major issues arose and leading teams directly in the problem solving. But essentially you learn you need a raw talent and then you need to learn on the job this kind of stuff it's quite complex so give us an example Mm. of of maybe a big problem that Mm. hewlett packard would face and that you'd be called in to try and sort it out right well i give one from a few years ago obviously without going into any confidential details but a major issue at a product that was extremely high volume where we began to see failures and I was in a management job, people managing engineers at that time. But as is usual, when a major issue arises, I switch out of that role into direct team leader. And we had over 100 engineers between Singapore, the US, Ireland and other sites all working on this. 
and I shared leadership of that issue with another top technical person in the US. Mm. But there were hundreds of millions of dollars involved in potential losses wow. and people working 80 hours a week for literally for months. Wow. So it'll give a sense of the scale. Wow. It's extremely stressful, mm. but if you're kind of born for that kind of complex problem solving work, you can manage the stress because you know you're in your zone. Yeah. But uh, some pretty huge issues, yes. So what would, like, what would be the first thing that you do when you kind of come across a problem? I mean, what, do you what do you look for? What, mm. what are those big kind of things that you, you're, you're looking for? Well, the first thing you do, obviously you start looking at all the data. And when you're making millions of parts a month, there's a, a massive amount of data. But the first thing you want to do is do a comparative analysis. So take all the facts of the problem, what it is and what it is not. Right. Like it is product A, it is not product B. Right. And then infer what the difference might mean. Right. But you'll have hundreds of those distinctions between differences right. in the logic. That's yeah. called Kepner-Trago. Right. And then you, to cut a story short, you need to do a root cause diagram showing everything in physics that causes everything else and there'll be arrows and bubbles everywhere wow. and the master has to interpret that and the third big thing is you have to list out all your hypotheses or what you think is happening yeah. many of them and list the evidence for and against those so that wow. becomes a huge sheet yeah. and you have to rack and stack and let the best hypothesis with the best for evidence and the least against evidence rise to the top and that process is intense in interactive for months yeah. and you end up getting to the true root causes wow and that's what saves the business enormous amounts of money and i can kind of see now how that kind of links to what you're doing so mm. so let's move on and talk about when and why you kind of moved or transitioned into what is now your new career Yes, well, it very much was relevant. And the reason is in 2012, I got routine blood tests. I had a few markers that were quite high, worryingly high in my mind. Mm. One of them was a liver enzyme, GGT, and another one was your iron loading serum ferritin. Mm. So we won't go into detail, mm. but I was so high in those relatives to the population that I was really grilling the doctor on what they mean for morbidity or illness or death. And secondly, uh, how do I make these numbers come down yeah. right, in my lifestyle? Yeah. And I got very weak answers to both questions, you know. So again, going back to my career, I'm used to going in to teams and grilling them. So I automatically <laughs> got in that mode when I saw these numbers because I know data. When I saw the numbers, I realized I was way outside the normal distribution. So I knew there was what we call a special cause for these numbers. Wow. I instinctively knew. Um, so two more doctors later who i went to to get the answers similar result so i said right i got logons onto the research databases of the human and animal research for the last hundred years uh, hundreds of millions of papers scientific studies and i followed ggt and ferritin i i do what i do best and within a few weeks i had largely worked out the root cause diagram and my problem was uh, certain types of foods in my diet I was eating excessively and I fixed that and I fixed all my bloods. I mean, that's, 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 that's amazing. I mean, not many people would do what you did. I don't think so. 
I, uh, in fairness, and again, not not in any way to appear arrogant, but no, they're engineers are a certain percentage of the population, and they're known as the problem-solving profession. Mm. But even within engineering, there's a relatively small per, uh, percentage who are truly into that. Mm -hmm. So as the population in general, you're talking a tiny amount of people mm. with all the skills, massive experience, talent, and a biochemical degree background. I, need, I needed that too. Yeah, It's a lot of parts to come together to allow it to happen, which yeah. is it's relatively rare. Well, it's amazing that you did that. And so where did the fat emperor come from? Talk about that. Well, after a, a year or so, when I was releasing my seminars to engineers uh, on YouTube, and I was getting a lot of views, uh, one night myself and my wife were chatting and it just occurred to us as a triple layer metaphor. So the emperor refers to the emperor's new clothes because a lot of researchers knew over the last 50 years that the cholesterol and, and fat is bad theories were highly flawed, but they said nothing because for funding and, and for acceptance in your profession, you can't say we're all wrong, guys. Yeah. So that was the emperor's new clothes story element. Mm -hmm. Then there is the fat for the, the sad massively obese population we have now resulting from the mistakes we made and then the emperor also represents the corporate power of food industries and pharma that have tended to fund studies to keep the paradigm as it is mm. and to keep the misunderstandings alive so we don't fix population health not a conspiracy but it's just business okay. uh, in my mind so you became you you, you started doing this blog, is that the right word for it? Or maybe it's a bit of a podcast or maybe a bit of both. And you were putting articles out there to this fast growing tribe maybe of yours who were really interested in what you were finding. Is that? That's, that's accurate, yeah. I began to release lectures on metabolic syndrome and a thing called insulin resistance mm. and on cholesterol and how mm. it really works in the body and how to fix your health. So they were getting a following. But over time, a huge amount of professors, doctors and researchers who knew largely what I knew began to connect with me. Right. So the network grew a, a 4 million um, best-selling author, Mike Eads in the US, who wrote Protein Power. He wrote to me the day after my first big YouTube release. Yeah. Yeah. And he you know, we became firm friends. And then my co-author of my current book, Dr. Jeffrey Gerber, he actually publicly commented on my YouTube and said, hey, we got to collaborate uh, after my first big lecture was released. So all of these professionals and doctors began to flock. And there's a huge network worldwide and, now. And, and that's a huge endorsement of um, the quality of the research and the work and the conclusions that you were reaching. And I mean, am I right to say that there must have been some flack coming from other quarters as well? It wasn't all plain sailing. I mean, they weren't all going, oh, wow, Ivor is brilliant. Yeah. I'm sure there were others who were saying this is a load of nonsense, or, or were they? Yeah, a huge amount of flack, and I've become used to that over the last five years. So it comes from orthodox mm. people, dieticians, cardiologists, who really don't like the message. Yeah. Because unfortunately, the message of what you need to do for optimum health and resolve heart disease and other disease, it's not really what was told to us with the food pyramids and all of that. Mm. And cardiology, mm. while the interventional cardiologists do a fantastic job to save lives, you know, going in there and operating, 
uh, cardiology has huge gaps in preventative side and the solutions are not what they would usually believe to be the solutions for heart disease. Yeah. So a lot of orthodox medicine backlashes, but luckily we have a growing number of progressive medical professionals who kind of know the science is the way the right. way I say it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's kind of the inevitable maybe is, is, is staring them <laughs> in the face eventually, I suppose. Well, in the, in the internet age, it's coming the yeah. next 10 years, uh, yeah. a, a revolution of a freedom yeah. of information and, and, yeah. and more correct science and nutrition and health. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are the chief program officer of the Irish Heart Disease Awareness Organization, which was created by David Bobbitt. So tell us about the organization and tell us about how you and David kind of got together and how you became the chief program officer. So maybe three, three parts to that question. Right. And actually, it just occurs to me, I might do them slightly in reverse. Whatever way. Yeah. yeah. So David in 2012, he was super fit. He runs a $600 million turnover business and he runs four times a week back in 2012, very focused on his health, thought he was eating the right things, doing the right things. His executive medicals were all being passed beautifully, and his mm. doctor said he was bulletproof, top 10% fitness mm. in the treadmills, ECGs. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Then he happened to get a calcium scan in the States. Why did he do that? It, it was a coincidence in ways. One of his senior leaders in the States, had David had pushed him to get a full medical right. with every test, mm. and they discovered a, a cancer, a serious cancer, and they dealt with it. So that guy in turn said, David, you should have this full Cooper Clinic t uh, tests. Test. So <laughs> David got them and they included a calcium scan because they were a progressive clinic. And that's a five minute scan, $100, and it sees the calcium in your coronary arteries. So rather than being a risk factor or a treadmill test or a, a guess at your, you, whether you may have a problem, the calcium scan sees the calcium, the result of the disease, and he got a score of 906, which meant he had over a 30% chance of death or a heart attack in the next 10 years. So he was a very high risk patient, but all the doctors had said he was bulletproof. So. Long story short, he researched this, he discovered the scans not being used. He discovered weeks later he was a type 2 diabetic, undiagnosed. All of this came from doing a scan and he became furious that the scans not being used for political and historical reasons. And he has a massive passion now. He spent millions of dollars, set up the IHDA to get the message out on this scan. And of course, uh, part of my job is to get the message out on the true solutions if you do have a high score and have a high risk. Wow. And then, so, so you have become the chief program officer. So you're kind of representing the association. You're speaking across the world on their behalf, trying to get the message out there. Is that? That's, that's the key thing is getting the message out. Now, I also need to just <clears throat> generally extend my platform because if, if you're kind of, if you have a smallish community you're speaking to, you're not getting the message out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm producing a lot of other material yeah. to get wider, broader, to get the message of calcification yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll just say is David, he found the same YouTube lecture that I put out uh, that Mike Eads and my co-author found me. Uh, David found me the same way and he came and said, Ivor, you you know you know all of this stuff and he yeah. asked me could i help yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. widowmaker 
Mm. Talk to us about the Widowmaker movie, because that was something that David was responsible really for creating as his contribution maybe to you know getting much greater awareness but yeah the widowmaker movie was it was a british director it was a couple of million dollars budget and david fully funded it and it tells the amazing story of the scans invention back 40 years ago and the competition between the scan to save lives with preventative medications and and interventions and the stent which was invented at the same time which alleviate symptoms but generally doesn't really extend life so there was a kind of battle went on financial political between the two technologies so that Widowmaker movie um, tells the story and gives a lot of other information so it's fantastic but he funded that as his initial big project to get the message out and that was before he uh, he found me so now one of my other roles is to promote the Widowmaker movie and, and get it as much reach as possible. And some of the key messages in there mm. are relating to the calcification test and the importance of knowing where you stand, knowing if you have or if you haven't got disease. Is that correct? Yeah, that is the crucial thing, Jim. And in my profession, I always had the phrase, you know, show me the data, or if you don't measure it, it don't get fixed. Mm. You must make the correct measurements to understand the potential problem, or you can't fix the problem. And that's where the calcium scan comes in. And we have a phrase, know your score, which we're Mm. using in a new documentary with Mm. the GAA. And that's what it's all about if you're middle-aged middle risk you have a couple of risk factors your doctor thinks you're okay but your middle risk which is the biggest group where most heart attacks occur the only way you'll really find out what your disease level is is to get a quick scan and then you find out oh i'm high risk or you could find out i'm very low risk great keep doing what i'm doing but if you're high risk you need intervention because the 40% of heart attacks occur in the top 10% of calcifiers. Mm. And basically, if you've got a high score, you now know I need to change my nutrition, lifestyle, and get medical support to prevent the heart attack that I'm highly likely to get. So that's a key message too, is hope. If you stop your calcium progressing, you can plummet your risk back down to a low scoring person. So, but you just need to know you have a big problem and then make sure you do something and you can avert that heart attack. So instead of the more traditional approaches, whether it's drugs or procedures, it's a a lifestyle approach. It's about getting people to take action in their own lives, which is going to hopefully reduce, minimize the the growth, if you like, of calcification in, in, in their system. So that's the great news here is that there's something you can do about this. Yeah, and I have specialists, cardiologists in the US who now in 13 to 15 years of understanding this, they're way ahead of the curve, they use the scan, mm. they intervene with lifestyle nutrition, with with advice and interventions that people might find surprising. They're not in line with the food pyramid, but they work, and medications. And these people, these cardios, are showing histories of almost no repeat heart attacks, even in prior heart attack populations. Stunning success. But they are managing to slow the progression of calcium in their patients. But there's, there's very few people doing this in the world. Most doctors and cardios don't even use the scan. 
and yeah. certainly don't know the nutritional and lifestyle interventions that are really required for wow. a patient. Wow. So thinking of our members, the Forever Young Club members, and they're relatively new members because obviously the Forever Young Club is, has just started, why should they go and get a calcification test on? What, like, what's in it for them? What's in it for them is, and I'm thinking of a quote from a movie, everything to that, to that question. Uh, it's just so important that you, you take stock of where you are with regard to the biggest killer in the world, heart disease, especially middle-aged and people in their 60s and 70s, and even more so men. But women, heart disease kills more women, five times more women than breast cancer over a lifetime. So women, all, obviously too, you have to find out what your problem is to address it. And if you get your score, you actually find out your risk and you and your medical professionals can do the right things to stop. We know the treatments greatly help in reducing heart attacks. The problem is if you are there middle-aged and you don't know that you're a high score and very high risk, you won't get the medications and you certainly won't get the lifestyle advice and nutrition mm -hmm. that you need. Mm -hmm. So it's to save your own life and people have to understand this. Sometimes people say, oh, well, genetics is part of it and oh, we all die sometime. But what they don't realize is you could intervene in your 50s with a high score and change your future from getting a, a heart attack at 64 and dying or being there in your 80s in good health by having taken the action. Yeah. And that 10 or 20 years that you're playing for is huge value time. I mean, Absolutely. grandchildren growing up, you know, part of their development, holidays. I mean, need I say, I, yeah. need I say more? Yeah. Mm. And so knowing that and then being able to go and, and make good decisions and, and, and take what hopefully would be effective actions, that's what this is all about. And I think that that links in really to the whole philosophy and ethos of the Forever Young Club, where we want to give people accurate, reliable information, science-based information that they can trust. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so this is really very exciting. Um, if you don't know already, Ivor is going to be our first guest at our two seminars coming up shortly, Dublin on the 28th of May, Cork on the 30th of May. And the title of your talk, Ivor, is Lifespan and Healthspan, Evading Modern Chronic Disease. So could you give us a little bit of maybe a preview or a trailer for what you're going to be talking about and what our members who come to the seminars could look forward to? Right. Well, I'm going to be going through and giving a kind of a layperson's understanding because obviously I, I give lectures uh, that are highly complex to, to medical groups. Uh, even actually the British Cardiovascular Prevention Society, I was invited to speak, and the Irish Institute of Preventative Cardiology. So it's probably good for the viewer to know that like, oh, I am breaking into the orthodoxy and they are taking on board the new learnings. So yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. But I'll be going through, well, a little more understanding on the calcium scan right. and the process of heart disease and other chronic disease because the scan predicts all-cause mortality, not just heart disease. Um, so I'll go through that. I'll also be giving an idea of, of how disease develops and what the main causes in our modern era of chronic disease are. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are not aware what, 
why in the last hundred years chronic disease has leapt forward. Mm. And I'll give an understanding of what the real bad actors are. And then for certain subgroups of people, they may have sensitivities to certain problems where other people might not have an issue there. Mm -hmm. So give a feel for what's driving the problem. And then, of course, I'll curve around to the solutions and how best to apply them. If you have high disease or even if you don't, the best nutrition and lifestyle interventions to extend your health span. So not just to to live longer before before dying, but to have your last 10 or 20 years have much more vitality and health, not spend it going in and out with with five or six meds, but you know, live with with vibrancy and engage in life. So that'll be in there too, for sure. Cholesterol, will you talk a little bit about what, what the important measures are and what the unimportant ones are? That will be part of, yes, what's important in driving disease and what's not so much. And cholesterol is, cholesterol has relevance in cardiovascular disease. It is part of the process, Mm. but there are many moving parts in what drives forward disease or in another person does not. Cholesterol is one little part and it's grossly misunderstood as to what its actual part is. So, you're so I'll explain us, that. You're going to help us all to understand. So we'll, have, we'll be more informed about where cholesterol fits into the jigsaw. Yeah, and I would say for people who are, who are interested in, in extending their life and their health span and who listen carefully, those people will prove to be quite interesting to their doctors afterwards. And they may be able to ask some very interesting questions of their doctors. Excellent, excellent. So I think you know that uh, David probably initially, and then you more recently, were largely responsible for me going to get a calcification test done. I think you you know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to reveal um, the results of my calcification test at the seminars because I think they will be of interest. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think there could well be some lessons for people. So it'll be very helpful to have you there to maybe help interpret my particular calcification scan. But is there, again, thinking of our members, is there anything that they should be thinking about in the context of if they got a scan? Look, what are the really important things that they need to be looking out for with regard to their score? Right. Well, when you get a high score, the key thing is to, well, obviously begin to take the right actions and you need to be well informed for that. But the goal is to stop progression. So that's a really important part. So when someone comes in with a high score, let's say it's it's 300 and it's quite high for your age, you have a lot of disease in your arteries. You need to take all the actions and steps and any blood uh, markers or risk markers that you have in the wrong place, you're certainly going to want to start addressing those uh, urgently because you know now you have very big disease, you're at high risk. But when you take actions over a year or two and get appropriate medications, if appropriate, you want to check back in around two years and get a repeat scan. Right. So the radiation level is trivial and life is, or assurance, insurance now currently um, pays for the scan in Ireland, I believe. Yeah. So you want to check back and say, okay, has my score gone up by more than 15% per year? 
-hmm. right? In which case I seem to still be progressing significantly. Maybe I need to do more. Maybe I need to explore more. Mm -hmm. Or has my score only gone up by, say, 10% a year, which is actually quite acceptable mm -hmm. because people who don't know their score, who keep living their lives as they were, generally go up 20 to 30% per year as the disease keeps romping forward. Right. And it's the active romping forward of the disease that leads to soft plaque that can burst and kill you. Wow. But if you intervene and you check back and you say, okay, I've slowed the progression, it might not stop and that's okay. You just need to slow it and not have it proceeding quickly because that's where all the risk is. Mm -hmm. But for the higher scores, you, you need to take action, particularly if it's over 100, that's a, a general guideline. And you will probably want medications, you know, which stabilize the plaque, you know, the disease process and lower the chance of future events to give you more safety. And you really want to intervene with nutritional and lifestyle interventions. Yeah. And those will not be the, the classic food pyramid, as I mentioned earlier. Um, to put it simply, grains, sugars and carbohydrates and breads will not be your friend if, if you've developed heart disease wow. at all. Wow. Yeah. So, so that, you'll be changing your diet significantly to remove the things that provoke the progression of heart disease. Um, and then you can, in many cases, it's proven now, stop the progression, lower the rate at which the score is increasing per year and get yourself into a way safer wow. uh, group of people. Wow. Mm. I'm really looking forward to learning so much about this uh, at the seminars. I mean, knowing your score is absolutely critical as a first step. And then depending on what it is, you have to take certain actions. Yeah, and we, and, and we learn out, we learn about that at the seminars. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> Let's, I, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your book, um, mm. Eat Rich, Live Long. So mm. a really interesting title and kind of, well, not kind of, very much related to what we've just been talking about. Yeah, the book was a long time in the making. Uh, it was with the support of David David Bobbitt again and IHDA, where we got professional editors in 2016. And it's co-authored with my buddy, Dr. Jeffrey Gerber of Denver. He's Denver's diet doctor and is a really smart guy with 30 years of clinical experience and 16 years actually of applying the dietary interventions that, that I would um, espouse. Mm. So he's been a a doctor right up my alley for, for many, many years. Yeah, I presume he then he's been getting results among his patients and that's what makes this so powerful. Oh yes, we have many patient stories throughout the book uh, with massive weight loss, huge improvement of blood markers and he's, he focuses on cardiovascular and metabolic health and he's getting excellent results like the other doctors in our network. But the book basically is in three parts. We structured it so the first third is five chapters that explain where we went wrong in nutritional advice and what the true causes of disease are. And it's at a high level, easy to read story right. for five chapters. Then the middle is we have 60 recipes from a, a top published chef uh, of the healthiest type and delicious. And we also have two week and one week uh, eating plans to start your journey towards health or if you have a high score. 
And then all of that is kind of plans and recipes and, and getting yourself going. And the third part is the science, another six or seven chapters explaining the deeper science behind what we're espousing. And that will be for people who want to go a little deeper. A little bit deeper. Mm. Where, can, where can people get the book here, here in Ireland? Um, is it on Amazon? Is it in the shops? Amazon.co.uk is best in Ireland. We released in America and Canada, but Amazon here, Eason's listed, but I think they just get it in from yeah. Amazon. It's very expensive. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The book is very expensive, or oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, we get a tiny sliver of of the price. No, yeah. uh, uh, bricks and mortar stores, as we call them in the business, bricks yeah. and mortar stores in Ireland would be quite expensive. They'll add a margin onto yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much get yeah. getting it from Amazon. Yeah. So Amazon might be. I don't know, 20 plus delivery, but yeah. but stores might be mid thirties. A very good investment. Mm. I, I've read the book, Ivor, mm. and it's a great book. And some of the recipes, which um, Maureen and my wife and I, mm. we're, we're, still, we're still using them all the time. So um, yeah, re re really good. Okay, we're coming to the end. Um, one thing I'd like to ask you, the Widowmaker movie, um, do you think we could make that available to our members? Yep, uh, absolutely, I think so. And there's a one-hour version, which is kind of a TV version, and then there's the full-length feature movie. So I, th I think we can, uh, we can work to have both. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it and mm. um, we'll make it available because I think it would be a really good um, preview, perhaps, for the seminar so that people would come armed with a certain amount of information and then it'll be in good context when when you come to talk at, at, at the seminars make sense yeah it's a good segue and it doesn't get into so much the solutions the movie yeah. but yeah. it certainly grounds you in the technology the scan and all a lot of what i talked about yeah great okay well look at ivor thank you so much and um, this has been really great i've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it i uh, can't wait to, to have you at the seminars and i'm sure those who are going to see this podcast will want to come to the seminar. So just to mention the seminars, they're in Dublin on the 28th of May and in Cork on the 30th of May. So thank you very much again, Ivor. And until the, the next podcast, the best of luck, everybody. Thank you.